0: Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, listeners. Thanks again for tuning in. Welcome to all our first time listeners and to everyone who's been with the podcast since the beginning. If this is your first time joining us, go ahead and hit that like, subscribe, or follow button, depending on whatever DSP you're listening to. And make sure to share and tell a friend. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at faithonfirellc and on Twitter, sbfaithonfire. Go ahead and follow me. I post some great content around financial literacy and education and biblical principles. Today, I have a really special episode, my first guest interview, and we're going to be talking about diversity and the workplace. Now, I know this may not initially appear to be a topic for financial independence and financial freedom, but the reality is that the ability to advance in corporate America is most people's ticket to creating wealth and, and having the income needed to retire early or become work optional. And I thought it was really important we talk about the opportunity for Black people specifically to have corporate advancement and promotion. So I really hope you enjoy today's episode and my guest. So without further ado, this is episode 10 of the Faith on Fire podcast, Why Diversity Matters. You are now listening to the Faith on Fire podcast, a pod for financial literacy, coaching, and real life examples on how to transform your finances. I'm your host, Simone Brumel. Follow me on my path to financial freedom, and I'll give you tips on how to start and continue yours. Money is a tool, so learn how to use it wisely. So for today's episode, I have a very special
1: guest, and we're going to discuss an important topic, diversity in employment and why diversity matters. So before I go any further, I'm just going to allow my guest to introduce herself.
2: Awesome. Thanks so much, Simone. Hi, everyone. My name is Sheila Darius. I am a diversity and inclusion consultant and a leadership development coach, I've been in this space for oof, about 10 years or so. Um, I, I'm passionate about diversity, inclusion, and, and women's empowerment, and really um, seeing people thrive and expand their capacity of, of who they are. So I'm definitely looking forward to this conversation and happy to be here.
1: Great. Thanks, Sheila. And I'm super excited that we were able to connect um, over the last few days and the week. Um, And just have been, you know, talking offline about diversity, so I'm really excited to have this conversation for the listeners. Um, So as I mentioned, we're going to be talking about why diversity matters. And, you know, in this current climate, we're seeing a lot of people, you know, calling for corporations to release the percentage of Black representation in their companies from entry level right up to their their C-suite, and it's been a big part of the... I guess, societal conversation we're having. So just wanted to first get your thoughts um, and from your perspective on why that diversity discussion is is important.
2: Yeah, I think... um... The discussion around diversity and inclusion has always been important. (laughs) I think people, companies did not take it serious, right? And I think given everything that's going on in the world, people's eyes are open. The scales are being removed from their eyes and they're starting to see, wow, you know, diversity really does have an impact. Um, Diversity by itself is a fact, right? It's just a state of being different, but it's when you add on inclusion and capitalize those differences is really what's important. And when you look at corporate America and organizations, and it's very diverse in the entry-level roles and sometimes mid-manager level roles, and then that's when it starts to drop Mm -hmm. off, right? As you get to senior leadership roles, you may see one or two people of color, specifically Black people in senior leadership roles. And Sometimes they don't even sit on the management committee, right? Sometimes they're not even reporting directly mm-hmm. to the CEO. So I think a lot of companies have work to do internally around developing people that are already in their organization. Of course you need to recruit, right? But there's there's people that you already have in your organization who have loads of talent that you're overlooking and you need to develop them as, um, as leaders. And one thing, and I don't even know if I mentioned this in my overview, but I'm the founder and chief principal consultant of grit and culture. And that's what we focus on is leadership development through the lens of DNI. How are we building more inclusive leaders? And a lot of these organizations need to do the same from entry level, even before entry level, right? You can back up to Interns having a robust intern program that is the pipeline for talent for your organization, so that you can start to develop um, the talent that you have into the C-suite positions. But when you when you think about the makeup of the the U.S. and it's you know seventy one percent white and we black people only make up thirteen percent, you know. We have to do better being more intentional of building up Black people and people of color as leaders and putting them in these positions um, and helping them to be successful in
1: these positions. Yes, I, I love that, especially um, as you mentioned, the pipeline, right? Where mm-hmm. you may have a lot of Black people in the entry level, but retaining them mm-hmm. and keeping them in the pipeline through promotion and to make it to that C suite. Um, has definitely been my experience where I've seen, you know, the lack of diversity and inclusion in, um, in corporate America. Um, the other thing you mentioned, you kind of were saying, you know, Black people as well as people of color. And especially now we're having the conversation about what is, you know, the difference in, you know, people wanting to be identified as Black in the office, because sometimes <laughs> diversity and inclusion include a wide range of, you know, these protected groups and people we want to make diverse, but specifically when we talk about Black inclusion in this moment, it's it's important to call that out.
2: Yeah, I love that phrase, Black inclusion, um, because it's super important because Black people in America and across the world, but specifically in America, are, you know, um, really dealing with a And I've heard people reference this as a trifecta, right? There's three pandemics that's going on when you think about COVID-19 and you think about racism, police brutality, and then you think about the the economic hardships that uh, Black people are facing, like all of that as a Black person. And then I still have to come to work. I still have to perform. um, I still have to do this presentation and develop these reports while I'm dealing with Trauma. I'm dealing with grief. I'm dealing with mental health issues because as a Black person, you are, you're seeing people who look like you, um, you know, be, be killed and killed by the virus and disproportionately and then killed by police, right? And then you're still trying to find joy and bring yourself to work and come to these meetings and still smile and act like everything's okay and you know, it's it's okay not to be okay. And I think we have gotten to that point, when I say we, black people have gotten to that point where we're not gonna show up to perform when we are grieving and we are in uh, trauma and we have mental health things going on with us because there is so much weighing on us as black people. So uh, that black inclusion piece Is so important. And I know companies are are finally standing up, right? They're finally being vocal. They're they're Mm -hmm. saying things. They are posting Black Lives Matters. Um, But what are they doing after that? What strategies are they building after that? Are they allowing their employees to maybe take more paid time off, right? Are they donating to some of these organizational causes? Are they doing assessments within their organization to see where are the gaps? Like, where are they missing black people? You know, what lines of business are they missing? Um, how are they setting up their recruitment strategies to effectively recruit more black people, more people of color, you know, what type of analysis are they thoroughly doing in the black space? And I think that's what some companies really, really need to, to focus on. And, um, I know some of them will lean on their employee resource groups and the office of of DNI, and it's great to partner with them, but it's not the ERG's role or DNI's role to specifically lead this charge. It is a full partnership that needs to be done, especially through senior leadership and having their buy-in and having their support because now's the time for people to really have raw and authentic conversations about what's going on in the workplace there's racism that's happening in the the workplace and people have to own it now they can't hide from it
1: yep i agree 100 percent. and what you're saying before about you know us black people not being okay i think that was one of the reasons that article i think was originally posted um refinery 29 about you know i'm not okay and it's yeah. just putting to words what a lot of you know black professionals were feeling going into work and trying to bring your authentic self, but still dealing with grief and everything, all the emotions that comes with, you know, as you said, the three pandemics, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and your colleagues not acknowledging it for the most part. So now that That's- everyone, for the most part, on the same page, I'd say, of acknowledging it, the the work begins. Right,
2: right. And I think, like you said, now that people are being aware, we can start the work, but everyone is not aware. Some people are not, um, you know, standing with, you know, their their teams and their black employees um, because it's it hasn't affected them directly yet. It hasn't hit them. They still haven't really understood what's going on. And that's going to take time. It's really going to take some time for that change to happen within people.
1: That's so true. That's so true. And I mean, you you can't get everyone at all at one time. And I think we all understand it's a process. So um, there's definitely that side of it, too.
2: Yeah. And the the other piece is balancing um, and and just working in the D&I space. There's always balancing employee excitement with organizational readiness, so employee resource groups, black professionals groups have been having these conversations, have had these conversations for I don't know how many years, right? This isn't new for these Black employee resource group leaders, these DNI champions of having conversations around race in the workplace. And sometimes you hear, well, the organization isn't ready, or you know, the CEO doesn't feel too comfortable just yet. Um, talking about race in the workplace. And it's like, we've waited so long for the CEO and for senior leaders to get ready. Now that everything blew up, you have no choice but to get yourself ready. And that's one thing I actually appreciate about this day and age, that people are tired of sweeping things under the rug and waiting for other people to get ready. Um, you know, there's, there's no waiting. Like we are, we are taking it by the horns and we are running with it. Like we are leading the change that we want to see in our communities and in our environments and everywhere that has our, where our influence is, we're leading the change. And I love that.
1: Yeah, I I agree a hundred percent. So I wanted something you just mentioned. I think we can go into like, how do we, we get this change in the corporate culture? Right. Um, you mentioned it being kind of at an individual level, and then you know the overall enterprise. But um, how do we get that change in the corporate culture to to start seeing more diversity from entry level right through the the C suite?
2: Yeah. So uh, it starts with that resilient leadership. Um, there's an organization I used to, to work with called visions Inc. And they talk about these four levels of change. It's the the personal level, the interpersonal level, the institutional, and then the cultural. And when you think about it, if if you break that down in your head and you think about the personal side, you have to be self-aware, right? What do you value? What do you believe? You know, how do you feel when you see a black person in the office or outside of the office or a person of color, Um, Are you starting to really challenge your own thought process about why you feel the way you do when you see that person? Like what experiences really shaped these perspectives? Um, And those are some deep questions that you really have to do some self-reflection on. And, of course, educate yourself on historical context and modern day racism and, you know, reading books and watching movies and, you know, talking to your friends. Um, there's tons of things to do internally first before you go rope in your ERGs and ask them to solve the problem or you rope in your DNI um, officer and ask them to solve the problem. There's that internal piece that you need to do. And maybe that requires you. Having a coach, maybe you have a DNI coach or advisor or someone where you can ask questions to and learn, but you have to have that heart to really learn. And then once you've learned on your own, of course, now you look at the relationship that you have with people and your behaviors toward other people, how you're actually communicating with people, how your tone should change, your posture should change when your heart has changed on the personal level and how you treat people. And when I think about what black people, black employees are going through and um, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I think we mentioned this before, but just, you know, mourning when they mourn, like you rejoice when someone else rejoices and you mourn when they mourn. So as a leader in corporate America, and I'm on your team, and you're my my manager. You're my leader, and you haven't even checked in to see if we're okay. Like, wow, that that hurts. That's really impactful. But once you have that heart change, you will begin to mourn when they mourn, and rejoice they rejoice, and check in. I will never forget that yeah. I had um, my chief diversity inclusion officer when I was at an insurance company when uh, the current president got elected. And the next day she pulled everyone into her office and uh, she just put a meeting on everyone's calendar, like come to my office 15 minutes. We had no idea what was going on. And she said, I just want to check in with everyone. You can cry in here. You can curse in here. You can say whatever you want to say in the safe space in my office. And to me, I'm like, that's that's leadership. That's how you engage with people. You you want to hear their grievances. And she allowed us to share our grievances about what we were feeling. And for me, that was very impactful um, as a leader. I typically don't see leaders who who do that in my experience. But for me, that interpersonal level stood out to me. Um, and then of course the institutional, right? You know, that's creating company-wide forms and maybe QA sessions where you can engage um, with your African-American employees, your black employees where they can really share their experiences and discuss how to start larger conversations on race because again they've already been having these conversations but once you get the data from these conversations then you can really build a strategy to change your policies and uh procedures because you don't want to just look at some of your policies and say okay we'll change this without having a plan Um, even implementing, you know, the Black Lives Matter post, like what's your plan after that? It's great that you posted, but what's your plan? How are you going to sustain this going forward? So that institutional piece is important, but you have to gather the data, right? have a multi-year initiative to really combat racism in the workplace and build a more equitable environment. And then in turn, once you do all of that, by default, your culture will shift, your group dynamics would shift, the public opinion that people have around your organization will shift, the shared values of your organization and unwritten rules will actually shift once those levels of change happen. And I think it's important for us as individuals, specifically leaders, to go through these changes, but it starts again with that resilient leadership with, you know, the CEO and the management committee, everyone who's in these senior leadership positions, it starts with them.
1: Yeah, uh, I love everything about, you know, how you just broke it down. And specifically when you were mentioning, you know, your experience with a supervisor just acknowledging, you know, the feelings of the time, realizing that employees may have been affected by uh, the recent election and just, you know, sitting and talking with them. And I think a lot of times in business or a business environment, historically people try to, you know, you keep politics separate, you keep feeling separate, um, as if to be in business you can't feel and you can't be a person. (laughs) Um, And you're starting to see a big shift in that and where people are starting to open up to the idea of, people actually being people at work,
2: mm-hmm, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, you know, as we talked about, like, why diversity matters, like, I think that's a piece of it. So, yeah. you know, how would you, if you had to, like, quick elevator pitch or, you know, a couple of sentences around why diversity matters in business and in, you know, from this corporate perspective, mm-hmm. um, how would you kind of summarize that?
2: Yeah, so... We know companies with a diverse workforce perform better financially. Like, we just know that. And for me, my elevator pitch would just be diversity affects the bottom line. Like, I don't know what else to say. (laughs) When you're talking business, when you're talking numbers, like, it affects the bottom line. Um, When you think about being able to adapt easily to fast changing environments, you can't do that without having a diverse workforce. If you pull someone together um, who thinks alike, who's from the same background, same area, they went to the same school, you're not going to have that much diversity of thought in that group. Um, but when you look at trying to be innovative, so that you can keep up with things in in the fast changing environment, um, you can't do that without diversity. And I think about Apple, right? Apple has diversity ingrained into their DNA as an organization because it's Apple. They understand technology mm-hmm. and you cannot have innovation again without diversity. So for me, uh, my elevator pitch with diversity affects the bottom line, like point, point blank. And when you think about also the shift, right, companies have to shift so quick with everyone working from home. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people have raised their hands to work from home before and companies said, oh, we can't do that. Mm -hmm. And we don't have enough computers and laptops and everything they said about it. And then COVID-19 hits and it's like, we need to figure out how to get everyone working from home so that we can still continue to run our business. So of course you have to pull people together in the room, right? You've got to get some different ideas to figure out how do we execute this? How do we make this work? Do we pull in our senior leaders? Do we pull in some of our ERGs? Especially given that COVID-19 is affecting more Black people at a disproportionate rate. How do we help keep our employees still engaged as they're working from home? Because we don't want to lose that engagement because we know once they're not engaged, then that's when their productivity starts to decrease and we want to keep that high. So I think once companies... And I'm. I hope by now, if if by now wasn't a, a I don't want to say slap in the face, but an eye opener <laughs> for for mm-hmm. companies um, that it affects the bottom line. If you didn't get it by now, you might as well close your doors <laughs> and wrap up <laughs> your organization yeah. um, because you know it's it's needed. It's needed for for companies to have more um, you know seats at the table for for black staff. And I always tell people. If there's no seat at the table for you, you you make room, and if there's you know no room, you create your own table and you bring it and you put it in the middle of their room, or you create your own table in another lane, in another space. Um, I think people now are starting to reflect on: Is this where I want to be? How is my company responding to everything that's going on um, in the world? How are they responding to? Um, the the COVID-19 that's affecting black people how are they responding to the police brutality people are looking at organizations um thoroughly especially since the the world is starting to open back up a bit more and companies are going to start yeah. higher you know people are going to take a thorough look what did you do that should be part of the interview questions how did you respond yeah.
1: to x y and z yeah. And, and not just, you know, thinking about people who are kind of currently in the workforce, but you really think about the next generation. I don't know if they're what letter they're up to now. I think it's Z, but I don't know what actually them be called, but those people entering the workforce, they are living through this and they're going to demand from their employers that you are diverse and you are inclusive and you, you have a plan for that. So um, companies who aren't thinking about that now are, are almost disadvantaging themselves. And um, I love that, you know, seat at the table because even from a a personal perspective, right, not necessarily the company's view, but people who are going to work and, you know, trying to better themselves and have career plans and want to progress in a lot of these companies, Mm -hmm. um, for black people, this is a path to economic equality for us, right? You know, we know the history of Black wealth and ec- economics in America. It has been a struggle. So, Black people want to be at companies where they can see a path to, you know, to the C-suite, and that this company is um, open to promoting and developing Black yeah. staff in the workplace. Right. Um, and I think the rallying cry we're seeing now is a lot of Black professionals and. um people on a whole choosing to, to stay with or go to companies that have that type of a vision.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you touched upon development in most companies have development programs and they're great leadership development programs. Or if you're a first time manager, they have managerial programs, but as a person of color, as a black person, um, there's, there's certain types of skills that you need that you most likely will not get in corporate. And when you think about um, managing microaggressions, right, or code switching, right, so having those conversations, those are real conversations that Black people have been having forever. And how do you deal with that and still lead and still perform? So those are some of the things that you don't get in these leadership development programs, um, and in corporate, corporate America, which is why it's important to partner with external organizations, whether it's mind, grit, and culture, whether it's another organization, right? But partnering with organizations to really get those leadership skills as a person of color, because you're not going to get those in your, your day-to-day. I think companies have um, looked at it more so from the intern entry-level pipeline Some of them have mid-level programs for people of color, but they don't go as deep to talk about racial prejudice and microaggressions and stereotypes and and managing that in the workplace. They never go that deep. So I I think that development piece is key, that organizations are going to have to take a hard look at being open to have uh, these types of programs or that they are paying for their employees to attend these types of programs outside of work.
1: Yes, I love that. Um, as someone who has been to a few of those types of programs early in my career, you know, I understand the value of them, but um, taking it even further as you go up you, up um, the chain and, and being promoted, having that additional development of the, the microaggressions that are just there, you know, and, and getting others, you know, our non-Black staff, Right. to recognize it as well, but mm-hmm. giving us the tools to deal with it because um, it is exhausting. In addition to, you know, every, all of the systemic racism we face is exhausting in different ways, right? Watching the videos, watching and hearing the stories takes an emotional toll. Yeah. Um, the, the criminal justice piece of it takes an emotional toll. And then the microaggressions in corporate America is a different level of, I'd say, black exhaustion. Right, being in these spaces yeah. and trying to conform in some ways um, and still be yourself. How how black people in the corporate workplace cope with that um, mm-hmm. is like another skill, um, that's needed <laughs> in, in, in trying to deal with that. Yeah yeah that's
2: that's good um and you're so spot on with that emotional roller coaster that being black in america in 2020 um of course it's it's before 2020 but it's it's exhausting and i think i saw a post the other day on social media that said um, being black in america is living through a pandemic that's disproportionately affecting your people it's watching and mourning the deaths of your people from the police it's fighting for injustice for your people it's you know, still trying to find joy despite the pain yeah. that you're going through. it's all of that, plus as an individual, you're still a wife, you're still you know people who are our parents right your mom, your dad, whatever mm-hmm. you may be, on top of being a business owner, right, so you're doing all of that on top of that, and then mm-hmm. I have to come to work if I still have my kind of nine to five per se right that is so much to carry. So yes, there are times for me personally and I know a lot of other black people are they're mad at times. They are sad at times. Um you know, you may see them joyful at times in the moment. But those are feelings that are valid and feelings feelings are messengers, right? They are indicators that something doesn't sit well with me or something needs to change or I've been violated and that's why um mad and we have to really pay attention to those those feelings um i I think it's really important that we try to avoid black burnout if you will um as much as Mm -hmm. possible and you think about the workforce right you have to avoid that and still proactively work towards the mission of your company and still help your company make money and still help them approach um, racism in, in the workplace and it is a balance for me coping in in the workplace um, spirituality I mentioned I'm a Christian like that's really important for me one of the organizations that I worked for previously a financial service um, company back in Boston they had meditation rooms and when I first came by I was like hmm you have meditation rooms that's interesting but then when I had a rough day at work I was able to go into that meditation room. You just sign your name up and your time slot. And I was able to cry. I was able to pray. I was able to reflect in that meditation room. So the fact that that organization had that for me was super helpful. And I think other companies should look into those types of resources for their employees. Having a space where they can come in, they can pray, they can do whatever they need to do. Um, They can meditate, whatever it may be. But at least having the space available for employees is really helpful. Because for me, I was able to regroup, recharge, get my head together, and then come back and and tackle the issue at hand. Yeah, another piece I would say is um, still be active. On your breaks, if you're taking your 15-minute break, make sure that you go for a walk or you connect with other people within the organization um whether you're in an ERG or whether you have a, a group that you hang out with go for a rock make sure you take your make sure you take your um breaks like don't you know before I'm like oh I'm so busy you're I can't take my 15 minutes. Uh-uh, I am not working through lunch anymore <laughs> I <laughs> make sure that I take my breaks every 30 minute every 15 minute I have I'm taking my breaks because that time is needed and, you know, work on your, your physical work on the mental space. You can read a book or so forth, or, you know, whatever it may be, just, it's just really important to take care of yourself in the workplace. And I always tell people find that affinity space. um, As I mentioned earlier, that's really, really important to have it because in that affinity space, it really allows you to, you know, be authentic. You can share some of your fears. You can share some of your pain points in the organization. Um, You can recharge and bounce ideas off of each other and really develop strategies to collectively move forward. I think that's so important to have some sort of affinity space, a safe space within your organization. And you decide who is a part of this affinity space, right? That's that's for you to really think about and uh, build those trusting relationships with. And I also encourage people have that outside of work as well. There's sometimes you need that safe space outside of work where, you know, it's people who have shared experiences that you can connect and engage with. So I think those things are really important in terms of coping in the workplace.
1: Yeah, I love that. Especially, you know, the point around we still want to be great employees. You want to go to work and help right. your company make money and do what you're, you're paid to do. Um, so that's th- kind of your next step is trying to figure out how you get to be okay or, you know, mm. manage to, to be your whole self. And um, saying for me, you know, faith is a very big part of how I cope with trauma and struggles and, you know, things that are, are stressing for me. So prayer and meditation, um, is definitely a, a, a first go-to and, you know, just taking a break for me personally, the, the past three weeks have been a lot and I just needed to take time off. Um, so taking a couple of days to disconnect mm-hmm. was almost a requirement for me because, um, you know, you start to have these conversations. Not everyone's becoming more aware and you have colleagues who are reaching out to you and asking wow. you how you're feeling and, and trying to be there for you in a, mm-hmm. in a genuine way. But that in itself is also exhausting, right? <laughs> so um, yes, you want to just create the safe space for yourself to, to be your best self in, in however that works for you. Because right. at the end of the day, you know, if you, you have this corporate job you're working Um, you have your goals, you have your um, career goals and financial goals, whatever it is. And, and the employee and employer relationship is a two way street. And you just want to make sure you're bringing your best self to it so that, you know, everyone is getting what they want. But again, it's two ways, right? You want your employer to offer you the benefits and, and the compassion to see you for your whole self. And right. allow you the space to do that in these difficult times.
2: Yeah, that's that's so good. And as you were speaking, I was thinking about boundaries and so many times we set up boundaries within our lives, um, in our personal lives, but when it comes to work, we don't set up boundaries, but in this day and age, we really have to be mindful of setting up boundaries of conversations we will participate in, conversations we will not participate in because it's draining and it's exhausting. And people are going to have to be okay with that, right? If someone says, "Are you okay?" and I say, "No," you know they they're going to have to deal with my response of saying no and this is why I'm not okay. And for, for many times organizations have encouraged employees to show up as their authentic self and be who you are. And this is a space where everyone is valued and feel included, but I can't bring my full blackness into the workplace because you're not ready for that. You may not understand it. Um, you're, you're, you're living in a, in a kind of different world than I am. So how do you expect me to bring all of it to work When um, you only allow me to bring some of it to work, you allow me to bring the parts where it's comfortable for you, um, but you won't let me bring my hurt, my pain, you know, my trauma um, Mm -hmm. to work because I'm a human. That's that's what happens. And that's why some companies have EAP programs. That's what they're for. If there's things going on, like there's resources to really help. The uh, co-workers, um, excuse me, the, the Black employees cope with some of the emotional uh, trauma that they're going through.
1: Yeah, I, I love that. And I just loved everything we, we've talked about so far and, and, you know, loved your perspective on it, um, yeah. on diversity and inclusion. Um, so for those, if you want to leave, you know, your where to find you and how people can reach you, um, social media, website, go ahead, you know, tell the people where they can find you.
2: Yeah, sure. So, grit and culture, G R I T and culture. Um, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn at Grit and Culture. And my personal is uh, Shay Darius. If you would like to connect as well.
1: Yes, this was awesome. Um, so Sheila, again, thank you for all of your perspective on these diversity and inclusion issues and. Um, hopefully, you know, as we go through the rest of this year, we'll see we continued change in, in corporate culture. And this is just the
2: beginning. Yes. Thank you so much, Simone, for having me. I really enjoyed this and hope that we can have further dialogue around the change and progress that's happening here. Awesome. Thanks again. Thanks.